Okay, hello again, everybody. We are back. So, um, you know, uh, we, I guess in continuing the spirit of these different movies about astronauts going to space and doing different things, we've seen First Man, we've seen Interstellar, we've seen Contact, and now we're going to watch Deep Impact, which is, uh, you know, uh, the classic tale of a comet going to hit Earth. <laughs> <laughs> And how do how do we deal with it? You know, do we send oil drillers to drill a hole in it, <laughs> or do we just send the astronauts? So what are we gonna do? <laughs> this is the version of Armageddon where they send the astronauts. <laughs> yeah, there's a great story about that. So I think it was there was uh, I don't know I don't know how this happened, but there's a Criterion version of Armageddon, and on that there was. Uh, a commentary track. <clears throat> I think there's two. I think there's one with Michael Bay. There's one with uh... oh, the Ben Affleck one. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, and Ben Affleck talks about a bunch of hilarious stories dealing with Michael Bay, who is a notorious, notorious a hole. <laughs> He's a douche. A, yeah, big time on set, big time. And one time, um, <laughs> Ben brought up the very salient point: uh, wouldn't they just send? Wouldn't they just teach the astronauts to drill? instead of hiring yeah. a bunch of oil guys. <laughs> and, you know, the the always, you know, very, <laughs> the always very, 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 yeah, professional and intelligent Michael Bay said, shut the F up to him. <laughs> yeah, and I think Ben Affleck was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just like, all right. Uh, the, answer, the answer is that they would not do that. Like, that's the, the clear answer because it's not hard to teach an astronaut who are the most intelligent people basically you can find. You just take intelligent people and then you make them uh, athletes. Like, you know, that's what you do. Um, you could teach them to drill a hole. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have the funny witty banter and all of the fun montages that come along with it. Yeah, yeah, like the montage. I, I, I do like that scene where it's like... Um, I'm going to flip you. I'm going to spin you. <laughs> I'm going to make your eyeballs get sucked to the back of your skull. Like, I, I love that. And I'm sorry. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's super fun. Um, yeah, I love, like, like, Marco Clark Duncan's running from the authorities and he's, like, on his chopper or whatever. Yeah, I love that stuff. Um, oh, yeah. I love when he's, like, they're, like, I think they're psychoanalyzing him or something and he's just sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> that seems great. Yeah, yeah. I, I Yeah, those were fun. Those oh, really I was fun. I was devastated when he passed away. I was utterly yeah. devastated. I was that That was another one too early, yeah. That too early, too soon. He was he already what a phenomenal body of work for someone who was yeah. so young. Like literally, he was he was oh god. It was he was wonderful. So good. But yeah, yeah that that so I've been thinking a lot about I've been comparing a lot about of uh, Deep Impact to Armageddon because they came out relatively same period of time. They also have pretty much an identical storyline for the most part. And I think it does come down to characters for me because like you mentioned before, how Deep Impact is more of like the hard science-y portion of everything. We're kind of seeing a lot from like the little person's point of view. Like we had some like scientists and we have the astronauts and things like that, but it did come down to character for me. There was, there was something... I, lo I loved more about the cast of Armageddon and what they brought to these characters than the, maybe the, the ensemble and cast of like Deep Impact. Yeah, this is definitely an ensemble. And I feel like, you know, they're like, I think we're, we're supposed to really feel for like the Elijah Wood character. Mm -hmm. um, but they, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what happens at the end of this movie. Um, 
but yeah, there's no, there's no real, <clears throat> I feel like there's no real person that we go on this journey to, to divert this disaster that we go out of being like, yeah, that person, you know, made it back or whatever. Like, like it's just, yeah, it's just, there's not a, per- is, but it, yeah. in like Armageddon, it's like, you know, the, um, the, what's his name? Like the, the guy who actually blows up the, the asteroid, like he's, he feel for him and yeah, Bruce Willis and like, <clears throat> the guys who actually make it out and then don't die, you definitely feel for them and you're like attached to them despite all the, you know, again, it just shows you like story that like, people don't care about stuff being realistic. Right. Well, I, I enjoyed the hard science of it. I, what I really liked that I thought was a very realistic choice was when Tia Leone's character is actually like doing like the live broadcast. Okay. This is what the astronauts are doing. This yeah. is, you know, how they're drilling. They need to be this far away. They need to go into the wake of the comet. And there's, it's going to be, she's talking about all the hard sciencey stuff of it. That was very realistic to me. And I actually really liked it because like when they lose the, the, the feed of what's actually going on on the ship. And she's like, okay, we're just going to, we're just going to tell the audience what the next step is. And I like that because we, we all would be watching that. We would oh, all yeah. like, yeah. like when um it was announced that. Trump was giving a, a, a an address due to COVID and that he was going to be declaring like basically a state of emergency. I sat down and watched the whole thing. Like I grabbed yeah. my phone or my laptop, whatever it was. And I was just like, Oh, this is real. This is serious. Yeah. This it's is that serious. moment. Yeah. I hear my dog barking. <laughs> She's just being a bitch. <laughs> oh, there's probably um, someone. The, the driveway alarm went off. So that's yeah. probably someone here. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I did like that element of it because I thought it was very realistic and it kind of gave like a face to like the people on the ground. You know what I mean? Like the regular person who would be watching all of these broadcasts and stuff like that. Families, single people, the elderly, you know, it's, it was, I liked that part of it, but again there was no real one person i wanted to win if that makes any sense yeah to survive because like that's really what this is about is like you know these type of movies you you there's some group of survivors or whatever or people that are i don't know trying to divert this disaster and we're supposed to connect with them but if we don't connect with them it kind of kind of fizzles out yeah i i i also really liked you know when the president gives his like addresses and everything like that. I like how at the fair, the last one he gives, he's so exhausted. Like you can just tell he's like, it didn't work. I have to go tell an entire nation yeah. that it didn't work. Yeah. It's- and like, I like that they go into what's going to happen after it hits. Like the oh, sun yeah. will be locked out. The air will be toxic. Nothing will survive. <laughs> and they even mention how like the mu- like museums all across the country are saving important pieces Mm -hmm. of art like it's it's very interesting some of the things that they brought up and i i liked i liked that element of it yeah for for totally because like those those are real things like there is there is a contingency plan uh in every government hopefully probably about how to preserve the culture of the of the society in some way um and if this happens we're going to do this if this happens we're going to do that but it's all about fine. And, you know, again, there's this other thing that has to do with like taking people to some place so that we know they'll be alive. Oh, the lottery. Oh my God. Like, I feel like a lot of these movies have been kind of hitting a little close to home because at one point they did, they do declare a state of emergency. He declares martial law, the president in this, this film. And then they're like, we're going to issue a lottery to see who goes. And it's going to be completely random. And if you're over 60, you don't get to go. You just, you're out, period, period. That was, that was one of the most heartbreaking things. 
Because, like, yeah, obviously, you immediately think of your parents. Think of your parents, and, yeah. God, it was so, it was, just, yeah. Yeah, that part was so sad to me. And everyone's waiting for their phone call, and the phone calls haven't happened yet. And it's survival. You're waiting for the call to see if you survive. And that was really hard. That was pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. That that stuff is like, because it's like, you know, would would you leave your parents? Like, if you're chosen, but mm. they weren't, would you just leave your parents? No, exactly. They like, want you to, but would you actually do it? Would you actually let them, you know, never see them again? You go off somewhere and then that's it? Yeah. Um, I was actually thinking, what I thought was interesting, maybe this wasn't intentional, but I found it interesting. Um, Elijah Wood's girlfriend's mom is, like, pregnant in the first act. Second act, it's a newborn baby. Third act, she she is, like, an actual, like, oh, I'm kind of comprehending some things, baby. Um I thought that was kind of interesting. It's almost like this life will continue thing. Again, I don't think that was probably intentional. I'm probably just, again, like I always do, reading way too much into it. But I did think it was interesting that it was like this, oh, life will find a way. They get to the summit and they have the baby and everything like that. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started on babies and disaster movies. I freak out. It's like a trigger for me. I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, you know, child's totally defenseless in this crazy, like talk about being born at the wrong time. Dude, and they're they're with kids who are barely teenagers. They're like fourteen. I know they're yeah they're like preteens. They're like and it's so sad. Oh, not only that, but it's Denise Crosby from Star Trek. So I always I have a soft spot for her. I love Denise, but I'm getting way <laughs> off topic. I'm getting so off track. Why don't you take us into this film yeah. before I keep talking? <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the plot. Um, there's a lot to talk about with this, so this should be interesting. Um, so yeah, so um. We start off, it's Virginia, it's this astronomy class, and this uh, kid, uh, Leo Biederman, uh, played by Elijah Wood, he's sort of looking, and then there's like these these star constellations, but there's one that's not what it's supposed to be, and so he's like, um, oh yeah, well, whatever, we'll take a picture. So they take a picture of it, <clears throat> and then they send it to this observatory. Um, so he basically inadvertently discovers this comet. Uh, so it's this... Uh, Adrian Peak Observatory in Tucson, Arizona. So this guy, Dr. Marcus Wolf, uh, he gets this picture that uh, Leo took, and then he observes it with his more sophisticated uh, technology. And um, he sees the comet, and he checks the trajectory, and there's that oh shit moment <laughs> where the trajectory is right in Earth's orbit. It's like, whoa. This um, is not good. <laughs> this is not good. Now this this part we, is really fun because again this movie came out in nineteen ninety eight or something, um, and so then he goes on his little Mac and he tries to send an email and the email is down. <laughs> How inconvenient! Damn you! How convenient. Yeah, um, I yeah. Was the internet really totally a thing, or was there? He, he might have still been on what was it the DARPA net or whatever. I, I feel like it was probably where he was. He probably had the good shit, but it still yeah. wasn't instant like we have like i could send you an, a dm right now and you'll get it in like two seconds like yeah, exactly it was fast for them but yeah i had to download something onto a flop beat disc i think yeah he 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 like puts the information on a floppy um which is another hilarious moment you know thinking about it now uh and then he's like he's like dude i gotta tell someone about this so he gets in the car right he's driving 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 and he's on his cell phone um and then another guy's coming at him on a truck and this guy is like 
eating food or something. <laughs> he's drinking, smoking. He's like, I think he drops his cigarette into his lap, which yeah. as a former smoker, oh. that, that sucks. It hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that, that sounds pretty bad. Um, and so, you know, an accident happens. They get, they, he gets hit. Dr. Wolf gets hit. And then his car goes off a cliff and, of course, it explodes. It has to explode, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so that's it for him. So he died. And we're like, oh, that's that's pretty ominous. Um, okay. And so, so then we pick up uh, a little bit later this uh, DC reporter, um, Jenny Lerner, who's played by Taya Leone. So one thing, I just want to just make a quick aside about Taya Leone. I really want to get a movie uh, where Tay Leone and Gillian Anderson are in the same movie. Yes. Because yes. they're like doppelgangers. I'm telling you. They're, I'm telling I you. love both of them. I feel like they were both really popular around the same time. And like, mm-hmm. I love Tay Leone's voice. Like there, she has such a good voice. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And I just think she's freaking gorgeous. Second of all. But like, I just, I like her. Like no matter what she's in, I usually like her. Like she was even Sorry. in like an episode of Frasier once, and she was really good. Uh, ooh, that sounds cool. Yeah, she's it's very it's very kind of uh, sultry. Like it's it's yeah, it's very um, I don't know welcoming. <laughs> it's a good voice. It's kind of like a Jessica Rabbit voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. I feel like yeah, that that is what Jessica Rabbit should sound like is Taylor Leon, basically. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, so she's a she's a reporter, and then we kind of see her. Just she works for M- MSNBC, and basically there's this story going around where I think it's like the the Secretary of Treasury, like he's resigning, but they think it's has to do with his wife or an affair or something like that. Something tawdry. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. And so then we see uh, Jenny have lunch with her mom, Robin, who's played by Renessa Redgrave, and you know. Uh, I think, I forget what that, I think it had to do with like the, the husband marrying the other person, something like that. Yeah. I kind of got the impression that her mom went to her ex-husband's wedding. Oh my God. (laughs) Which I don't know why you would ever do. Um, especially since it doesn't seem like it ended well. And she's like mocking like the whole wedding thing. And she's like, (laughs) she calls the the new wife by the wrong name. And she's like, well, it's still a stupid name. (laughs) (laughs) um which i thought was funny because i was like i liked that that i liked her conversations with her mom i did it felt very natural and good casting too i thought it was good casting for her mom um you don't really think of vanessa redgrave as being in a disaster movie you know what i mean you think of like shakespeare or like shakespeare or some kind of like i don't know british drama on pbs or something you know what i mean like but she's in this disaster movie, but she's like, she's really good. I think she plays a really integral part of it. And yeah. Yeah. They're having lunch yeah. and they're gossiping and being cute. Mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of what people do in DC. I feel like, you know, um, that's something have, we get a lot of DC in this. Have brunch and gossip. That's what my sister does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so Jenny, she's chasing the story. And so then she, um, she like goes to meet with the, uh, so basically what they think is, Oh, it's this person. Ellie is like, you know who they the person is you know cheating with <clears throat> and they um <clears throat> so then they they like they they chase him down they ask him all these questions about Ellie and so he thinks that they know <clears throat> that the comet is going to hit <laughs> he doesn't say that but <clears throat> he's like um you know like he basically tells him don't tell people because you know it's going to be a disaster and pretty much he says yeah i i i i'm i'm resigning because i want to spend time with my family right 
which is yeah. another interesting she she brings this up later which is like basically he resigned because he thought that everyone was gonna die <laughs> yeah and he wanted to be with his kid and his wife and and um what i think she notices when because they're on a boat so ellie or not ellie um jenny notices that there's like a lot of canned food and so she's like oh you're going away for a while that's pretty messed up because like so basically their play his plan was i'm gonna f- go out into the pacific ocean and i'm gonna just be away from this shit <laughs> yeah uh, i think he's just he was like one of those people that's like i don't want to be here when it goes down i'll probably i'm the secretary of treasury so i'll probably get to go into the caves and stuff like that but Really yeah, yeah. It. Would would he need to? I don't know. I get. Is that is that ethical? Like, do you think that's ethical? Like, if you were, if someone was a government official and they resign and they just get the f out, they like go to Siberia or they go to Greenland or whatever. Like, how would you feel about that if you knew someone did that, using that information to do that? Not great. I mean, like in this same scenario. Yeah, the same scenario. Like they work for the government. They know the comet's gonna come, and what they do is they quit and then they go to Greenland or or New Zealand or something. Um, not necessarily ethical. I mean, I think it's a dick move that he didn't give his daughter a chance to, like, maybe live in the caves. Like, because the air is going to be toxic, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like yeah. he's going to live above land or anything like that. And he knows the science. He knows he knows the, the outcome of what's going to happen when a comet hits Earth at extinction-level proportions. He's just, it seems like he's not really trying. I don't like the fact that he brought his kid along. And... If his place is now empty, does somebody else get to take his place? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's the kid thing. I think he should have just like stuck it out for her and gone into the caves, like instead of just taking off with her. With and there's no, doesn't matter where you're going. You can't outrun it. <laughs> it's an extinction level event. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely feel like I think people. Oh, by the way, should should uh, mention that this guy is played by this character played by James Cromwell, who's like. He's a, he was in the Star Trek movie. Uh, well, he's the guy who invents warp, warp right? Drive. And, yeah, yeah. Doctor Zeph from Cochrane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's let down to everyone when they meet him. <laughs> yeah, he is a bit of a yeah. It's like yeah, I think they see him. They're like, this guy, what the what? It's funny. James Cromwell actually did a cameo playing the same character in Enterprise. Oh, that's he's giving cool. like a speech that actually ah! George is talking about. Yeah, like that's I went hilarious. to Zeph from Cochrane High School. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, so so basically, um, it's it's sort of a yeah, like everyone like he knows he and he just wants to get the hell out of Dodge, um, and he calls it like the story of the century. But she still hasn't put two and two together, right? She doesn't understand that this is. She thinks it's about an affair, and then she thinks it's about an affair with the president. Mm. She's off base, but you know she's close. She's on to something. Uh, and so then the FBI runs her off the road. <laughs> That's, that's, yeah. that's another fun part of living in dc or whatever is like all the kind of intrigue and the espionage or whatever uh oh, yeah, so the they were... can just run you off the road whenever yes. you want don't exactly. worry i like how they're just like don't worry about your car we'll get we'll tell you we'll tow it back there just like i'm not worried about my fucking car yeah like who are you guys are you gonna that's black bag me yeah that's like the least of my my issues right now is what's gonna happen to my car yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. Thanks. Do you validate parking too? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so so then she uh, has this kind of cloak and dagger meeting with uh, what ends up being the president, and he's he's again. They don't say it, but they 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 think that she knows about you know this uh, 
what's what's the, the fucking comment you know <laughs> and, and so then they're like okay so we're gonna go we're go don't say anything and then we'll go public in 48 hours and we'll give you the first question she's like okay um and then that's the end of the meeting and then she's like in this i guess this wasn't google this was like netscape search engine or something it was old it, it was, was old and like <laughs> The, you can even see the graininess. You know how, like in movies now, they clean up the picture on a computer that obviously is like, like my cons- my screen is a freaking Mac and it's grainy sometimes. Um, but then they couldn't even clean it up that well. It's still like super pixelated. Um, but yeah, she's doing her little Netscape search and yeah. being like cool reporter and stuff like yeah. that. I like that they actually show her being smart. She's not just smart because we're supposed to believe she's smart. Like she's actually like good at her job. And she's also not handed everything like her immediate supervisors like, yeah, like you have to follow the chain. Like you do this for three years, you get to do this. You do that yep. for four years, you get to do that. Mm-hmm. And and then maybe you'll get your own weekend spot at nine o'clock at night um, mm-hmm. when no one's watching the news. <laughs> but that also gives a little peek into her her life as well in that she does want that weekend. Like pe- what do people do usually on the weekends? They spend time with their families. They have a significant other. She doesn't care. She wants to be doing the news at 9 PM on a Saturday. So I think that yeah. gives a little peek into her personal life too. Yeah. And the, like that person, she like, she has, I don't know if she was a single mom or whatever, but she like, like <laughs> at, yeah, it seemed like it. And at that, their newsroom, they had like a, like a place for, to have your kids. They had a daycare spot. They had a daycare. Like had that daycare. was, that's pretty that's pretty cool like uh-huh. considering like that's not like they don't like my job is pretty awesome and they don't have that <laughs> yeah yeah that was so yeah and so yeah we get the she's like kind of trying to wait her turn to get what she wants and she's got this kid she's caring for and you know working weekends would take probably take time away from from her, her child um so, exactly. yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on there um and you know the Taylor Carey kind of jumps over, <laughs> jumps over her, <laughs> as we'll see. Well, also um, in the meeting with the president, she also notices that a lot of canned food as well, yeah. which I thought was interesting. And actually, on IMDb, apparently where they filmed that is in the Ambassador Hotel, where RFK was assassinated mm-hmm. in the kitchen, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, but yeah, she's doing her little Netscape, mm-hmm. you know. And then she, so she finds out it's not Ellie, it's E L E, which is, and she goes to this like website. It's like the University of Berkeley, it's extinction level event. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> that was a good moment. Like that was a good, yeah. another oh shit moment. And I, I liked it because she's like, she's putting the pieces together. She's like using her brain and she's being smart. And she's like, this can't be what, what? Like, what is this? Like, why would it be an extinction level event? Like what could cause that? And I like it. There's a lot, there's a few good shit moments in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, and so so then she has a meeting with her dad and his new wife, and super awkward. <laughs> super awkward. She gets a martini and she's like guzzling, uh, <laughs> but she yeah, hasn't told them anything. But yeah, and that's but, like vodka. I'm assuming it's a vodka martini because that's uh-huh. strong. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. 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 That's that's like that's like when you're when you're like trying to get blasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me all that vermouth and shit. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 And so then she tells she tells her dad, "You got to get back with with mom. She's depressed and sad." And it's really funny. It's like, "Hey, listen, new wife, person. I don't hate you, but you don't you get you don't get it. <laughs> you don't get it. You don't get what's going on. You need to leave." Well, it's also funny that they gave her earrings. Tila Tila only doesn't have pierced ears. <laughs> 
if you like this is probably something only a woman might notice but like she doesn't have pierced ears <laughs> like her reaction is perfect uh-huh. yeah, yeah you know i think i think that that is definitely something i didn't notice but it, i'm i'm glad that you noticed it because like that makes sense it's just like it's like what the f are you doing right <laughs> do you know me <laughs> like yeah do you know all? anything about me <laughs> because like, i'm sorry gentlemen you might not understand but for a girl unless you you're a man with pierced ears so then whatever you're included getting your ears pierced as a girl is kind of like this weird rite of passage sometimes um it's also extremely painful so we remember it <laughs> and it's painful for like a split second um but yeah it's like it's kind of a big deal and uh, the fact that he didn't realize that i mean i don't know if that was just because maybe it was played that way because she was like oh i don't want you to give me nice things or it's oh you don't know that i don't have pierced ears either way it was really good it's such an awkward meeting i'm so glad my parents aren't divorced and dating other people <laughs> I know that's and and the thing is this woman is younger like looks like half she's like two years or, younger than her or two years older than her yeah oh it's so like I'm glad we have things we can relate to <laughs> so what yeah, band did you like did you like yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Did you like yeah. Like, yeah 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 did you have a picture of John Stamos too <laughs> so uncomfortable oh my god it's so awkward um. Yeah, so then she basically bounced out of that. She's like, see you later. Like, you got to get away from them. Um, and then there's the news conference with the president. And so she, she not only does she jump over this person who she was supposed to be under, but she also now gets to sit in the front uh, in the, the D, in, you know, in this DC newsroom with the president. That's like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's crazy, crazy. <laughs> and then, yeah, he breaks the news. A comet the size of New York City is headed to Earth. Uh, it's, <clears throat> it's going to hit a year from that, that date. And basically the U S and Russia have built the biggest spaceship ever called the Messiah. <laughs> and they already have a team <clears throat> and they already have a plan to, you know, uh, we got John freaking Favreau on this. John Favreau. <laughs> Young John Favreau. Oh my God. Oh good old Johnny God. Favs back in the day when he was acting. Yeah, primarily. when he was acting. Yeah. I like that he pops up and stuff like that. Yeah. There's John Favreau. There's uh, who else is in? Who else is on this team? Robert Duvall. Uh, there's some other interesting uh, Mary McCormick and Blair Underwood. And then there's this guy, this kind of Tim Roth lookalike guy. Not um, Hillary Swank, um, <laughs> who I thought was in the film. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I was, I literally was waiting for her to, sh- I literally paused. I was like, where's Hillary Swank? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my God. You know how you can be embarrassed just sitting by yourself? That's what, that's me. That was me. I was like, where's Hillary Swank? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where is she? No, we get, we get uh, this other other person instead um i I I like this yeah i thought mary mccormick was hillary swank i I could see that they're they're definitely they're definitely there's there's a look there that's similar um yeah so also so now at this point uh leo has gotten credit for this this comment um and he's super famous and everyone in the neighborhood's like oh my god you're famous how cool you're gonna and get course, late. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was like that was an interesting. I heard I I read that, that was that was like um improvised. The kid just was like supposed to say something. Oh else. my god! <laughs> and everyone just like all these like te- this room full of like a hundred teenagers just like wouldn't be like wouldn't compose themselves. 
It's like that's that kid in class who would always say shit like that. Yeah, exactly. He's like the the freaking clown, the class clown. Mm-hmm. They had the class clown say the line, of course. Yeah, but no, it was it was yeah. He, I think the president thought he was dead, didn't he? Like people he thought, thought he was, he was dead, dead at first. They thought that he was in that crash. <laughs> Like the both of them just were like in the car. Holy fuck, we gotta tell everyone. Yeah, like why would a 14-year-old be at an observatory <laughs> for God's sakes? Like that makes no sense. But no, I thought it was cute that they named it after him. A, a vessel of destruction or a a uh, rock of destruction is gonna, you know, gonna be named after you. Cool. cool. I mean, yeah, I mean to to an extent it'd be cool. If it was different circumstances, I think it'd be way cooler. <laughs> would be way cooler um what what would be you know you'd be taught in history like you know your name would be there forever very true i don't know if you know do you want to be associated with this comet that kills a bunch of people i don't know well i mean the discovery is kind of cool like oh like that's a cool like if this again this could have totally happened like oh yeah you're like you're like you're like a how old is he like you look like 12 or 14 or something maybe i think they aged them up personally i thought they looked a lot younger than they were supposed to be but i like Elijah Woods always kind of had that like really young boyish looking face anyway so it's kind of hard to place his age also he was making a ton of stuff in the 90s so it's kind of hard to how old were you when you did this (laughs) exactly yeah it's but yeah because the part of his part of the story is the discovery which is good I mean that's fun right because if we didn't see it in time like we'd be dead 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 you know oh yeah absolutely he his discovery allowed it to have more time to fix, you know, come with a plan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, you know, we get all this stuff with the astronauts, which is kind of fun. Uh, there's this funny, like the Russian guy has this funny line where it's like, like, oh, it's a nuclear reactor in space uh, made by the people that made Chernobyl. It's very safe. <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> okay, I buddy. I trust that, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, like the, the crew, it's all these kind of, like it's it's like television like basically half these people are like doing big tv shows now pretty much like they like that's it's like these these tv you know the <laughs> tv people is the crew of this this uh the, that are they're gonna go and blow up this this comment um and so yeah then there's there's uh spurgeon tanner which is played by robert duvall and he's like so he's been to the moon he's like a veteran you know space guy yep um uh and but he hasn't been training with the other crew they've been like doing all the you know all the training for like actually doing all the stuff to you know uh deal with this comet but he's kind of there he's just supposed to i don't know get them to the comet i think he's supposed to just be the pilot basically so i guess he doesn't really need the same kind of training because they have to actually drill into the comet they have to set like the bomb or the warhead basically um and he just has to basically park it and get them back, um, which is still, yeah. I'm sure, a difficult job not taken away from it. Um, but yeah, that's <laughs> kind of a, so they kind of see him as like, oh, he's just the old dude. <laughs> like they, yeah, the guy, the one guy, the the Tim Roth look like even says like, you're just here for PR reasons or blah blah blah. Um, and you know, he's like, hey dude, this isn't a video game. This the shit's gonna get real. Like you have no yeah. idea. <laughs> so um, yeah, and then the, like the spaceship, they we lift off, we see the Atlantis. They have eight. They have eight nukes on the ship, which is like, man, could you like, like, okay, that's a little hair raising. The other thing too is like, we did like uh, watching this and like uh, watching all these films. It's like, man, being an astronaut's crazy. Mm. It is. It is crazy. It is crazy. Like there's like it's basically a death sentence on on many levels. I think nowadays, you know, our success rate is getting a little bit higher. Yeah. But 
it's like stuff like this. This is a death sentence. This is a, this is oh, a yeah. death sentence. Yeah, like yeah. 99% the, probably not coming back. The Atlantis could have blown up with eight nukes. That could have been it. On takeoff. And then we yeah. really would have been fucked. Because that's eight nuclear warheads going off with all of the fuel from like it would have oh, been yeah. it, that would have been an extinction level event for god's sakes like oh yeah. my god <sighs> yeah god. so it's just it's like it's just crazy like like how many different risks you have to take just to get into space and just to do all this stuff it's unbelievable that any any people would sign up to do this stuff it's crazy, crazy. yeah I, I don't i would not <laughs> i would uh, no thanks yeah. <laughs> just like the liftoff part alone like we still have to, we have to get yeah. off the ground safely i went to kennedy space center once and they have this simulation of what it's like to actually kind of take off oh cool um, which was nice because like you don't have to actually risk being in a you know being being the the wily e. coyote strapping the bomb to your back yeah the acne <laughs> bomb yeah <laughs> The Acme rocket. That's basically what you're yeah. doing. <laughs> the Acme rocket in a tin can. Sounds fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like the ground. <laughs> I like the ground too. So what did you think of this spaceship? Did, did you like the design? Yeah, I thought it was good. You know, it looked pretty NASA-y. Um, just bigger. No, yeah, I liked it. It was good. Yeah, it's cool. It, it is very, it's like a giant, <laughs> right? It's like a giant NASA kind of spaceship basically oh it's big <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah it's really cool so so then um we see jenny lerner again and so picking up on her story she gets promoted of course because she like you know she got uh a chance to ask a question of the president in the biggest press conference ever <laughs> so she gets promoted um and she basically immediately gets put on air um and she's going to be, you know, the the person leading this coverage of the space, you know, attempt to blow up the comet. Um, yeah. So then we pick up and we see them doing this uh, this mission. And so they're 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 trailing the comet and they fly in and, um, you know, the uh, Tanner's able to like land the uh, <laughs> he's able to like get them like. To where they're supposed to be and then the other astronauts kind of jump out and they do this this drilling they which i guess they've <laughs> they they train they in this universe they train them to do the drilling they don't need yeah. to like harry stamper's on earth okay he's yeah. not going anywhere <laughs> billy bob yeah. thornton isn't recruiting anybody <laughs> they and they do a really good job of like you know when when they show the tay leone and she's talking to these experts and they talk about so basically right the uh the the comet's turning and they they get to it on a at a point and they have what, like it's like thirty minutes, forty minutes, something like that. Yeah, they're like that much. Yeah, before it flips, so that they would be basically the the temperature is going to rise by three hundred and fifty degrees when they get to the. Yeah, because the sun's going to be in their they're going to be in the wake of the sun, basically. Yeah, yeah, they'll be exactly they'll be in the wake of the sun, and that that's like that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, gonna... uh, I don't know if you know what it's like being right next to the sun, but it's actually not great. Yeah, and they also like this was really interesting the way it depicted this, like where all the the um once the sun does hit it, like like basically it's just it's like instant. a bunch of guy it's a bunch of geysers and it's just because you know it's a bunch of ice and then the ice gets hit with the heat and then you know you get steam. Um, yeah, and so they're doing this, and then one of the one of the bombs kind of gets stuck. And so the guy, he's like trying to kick it down or fix it or whatever. Yeah, kick a bomb. That sounds good. <laughs> like seriously, he's kicking the bomb. <laughs> yeah, 
this is another this is another thing that's interesting between this and like uh armageddon <clears throat> um so they they bring up like like the the steve buscemi character in that movie he like brings up like dr strange love <laughs> which is like kind of funny and he's like riding the bomb <laughs> when yeah. they're, they're lower <laughs> Again, that's another thing about the difference is that, like, I didn't give a shit about any of the astronauts in Deep Impact. Like, I cared about Robert Duvall because it's Robert Duvall. Yeah. Like, because I like him. And because, like, he's the only one that they really kind of show. Like, you see like you see them interact with their families. Like, one of them's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get married and blah, blah, blah. But, like, I don't know. Like, I think it might also be because Robert Duvall is old. Maybe I have a soft spot for, like, old dudes who are going on a one-way death trip. Yeah. Um, and his wife's already dead. Too. Oh yeah, and his wife's dead, and his sons are all grown up, and you know, like he doesn't—he doesn't really have anything left really to do except retire, which he's already basic. I'm assuming he was already in retirement when they when he got that call. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, it was again like I just felt more at home with the characters of Armageddon because they did have that montage that shows you who these characters are. Like we see, like oh, Owen Wilson's riding away from a helicopter on a horse. It's like, what the oh yeah, hell? yeah. I forgot like, he was in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Like him and Ben Affleck have that great little scene during another montage where they're just like, like I'm not, I'm, I'm Han Solo. You're Chewbacca. Yeah. <laughs> Chew- it's like no, I'm Han seen, Solo. You're yeah. Chew- have you even seen Star Wars? Like. It has like that. It has, it has that pop culture reference to it that gives it that like almost Joss Whedon speak. And I didn't care. Yeah, I didn't care about the astronauts until it was a little too late in Deep Impact. Well, I feel yeah, it's, it's literally like the last scene. Yeah, it's um, literally the last scene. I feel like they they treat them like astronauts. I think that's why. Exactly. Of- I think that's why too because they're they are they don't have to go through all the hard. We don't see them train. We just know that they are because there is a, a year that passes. We don't see a year pass in Armageddon. They just mm-hmm. to have like a week of training and then they get shot into space. Um, these are already like established astronauts who just need probably a similar amount of time to train. But like they're smarter. They know what it's like being in space. And maybe the Mary McCormack character because she had a little bit more screen time with Robert Duvall. Um but yeah, I just I really wanted to like them, but there really wasn't anything there, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think, I, uh, yeah, I really think it's because they they treat them like astronauts, and like the like astronauts, they don't have a lot of personality, you know. Even I could, um, I could not name you one single astronaut that's working today. No, I can name ones. I can Buzz Aldrin, you know, Neil Armstrong, well, Michael Collins. The, but <laughs> the only one that comes to my mind, he's actually he just got elected as a senator in Arizona. Uh, I forget his name. He's a twin too. I forget his name, but that's the only guy that comes to my mind. <clears throat> oh, John pre- Glenn. Like John, I can't, yeah. I can't think of any contemporary astronauts that are working today. Like it's there is a specific type of person yeah. and personality. They're very kind of robotic and very, you know, they're engineers. They able, yeah, they have to be able to do that job. Mm-hmm. Like they have to be very detached. And mm-hmm. like I get why they are the way that they are in the film. But an audience has to care at the yes. same time. Like, mm-hmm. and even watching First Man, like Neil Armstrong's very detached in that film. Like we even discussed it before, but I still care about him. I still didn't think, even though I know he does make it over that crater, I didn't think he was going to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, they, I think that's really the, the weakness of this film is like, there's no central 
person that we really care for. I think it's supposed to be like Leo, but even with him, we're kind of away from his story so much that it doesn't really connect for us. Yeah, um, I think I cared the most about Tia, Le- Tia Leone's character. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, her too. It's just we're we're spread kind of thin. Um, I think this does a good job of like depicting what happens. Like this would be good if it was a novel. They mm. novelized this and like really kind of fleshed out the characters more and like gave us a lot of like hard science like oh, okay so like after the first thing failed then blah 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 blah. the government did this and that like that would be good that would have been I, good i agree i think novelized it would have been i would i would have cared a little bit more and we would have had more time you could have had you know multiple chapters basically where you're just dealing with just the Taylioni character just the the elijah wood character yeah um yeah we just don't get enough time like basically all the time they did to to establish the astronauts was like that barbecue that was it the barbecue the bar scene and then the after scene. they kind of screw up planting the yeah the, the warhead um also what i think is interesting is that in armageddon we see the destruction very quickly of what this asteroid is going to be causing like it hits new york city there's chaos there's mayhem we don't see we just hear what's gonna happen until the very end like you have to wait an entire like almost hour and a half before anything like actual disastery happens you're mostly just dealing with how humans will react yes. to all of it which in and of itself just watching war of the worlds we know how people are going to react mm-hmm. they're going to be i like how even the president says during one of his conferences he's just like no hoarding then <laughs> so i'm like really you will <laughs> have to pay your bills yeah it's like yeah go to your room but don't sneak out the window like <laughs> <laughs> okay dad it's like you still have, to pay <laughs> still have to do all this stuff i'm like it's not how people are at all that's a good that's a great point um there was another actually movie that i saw recently called greenland which is basically the same plot as this and they they do show destruction before um i think i think that's actually a really good point because it sets up the stakes for us right like if we see okay like a smaller part of this thing can blow up a whole city. Um, and we get that, cra- that, that scene is crazy in Armageddon when it's like, what's that? Is it Eddie Griffith? Yeah, it's Eddie the Griffith and it's him and his dog with this Samoan Somebody guy. Somebody call 911. <laughs> <laughs> There's that tiny bit of humor amidst, amongst all this chaos, but like, it's really scary. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> and again, that you're just seeing what a tiny piece of it can do. Yeah. And it sets the stage for, we have to move really quickly. We don't have time to dick around and all this other stuff. Um, but it also gives you the sense of, like, the, the, the asteroid's the villain. The asteroid's the villain. Like, even when they're on the asteroid, it's just, like, this eerie alien world. Oh, yeah. and it, it has no, it makes noises. Like, it groans almost. And it's, it's very, it's very unwelcoming. Um, so we have a villain right from the beginning you know what i mean like even though it's a freaking asteroid they're also on it for Mm -hmm. the whole movie like most of the movie they're on the asteroid and it's not even just it's a whole bunch of other elements that are surrounding it too and it fights it fights back in in ways too so i feel like the setup was just in it invests the audience to really root for the characters to save earth because we already saw it destroy new york city yeah and then and then later we see another part of it hit like Paris or something and we just see yeah. Paris get blown up. Um yeah. So I, I I definitely think those those things are more effective than what they do in this film. Um yeah they just I think they were really going for a more realistic approach. Yeah I think but, they were but, going for like the contact feel of things, which was like the hard science 
and showing how human beings will react and what the game plan is, basically. We build up the game plan of everything, which is really important. I also like that the president mentions that other countries around the world are also doing something similar. It's not just a USA kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I like that element of it. Like, because we... I feel like some people would want to know how other countries are handling things. Like we want to know how the UK and France and Germany is handling COVID. We should want yeah. to know like just as much as they probably want to know or laugh at us. Um, <laughs> how people have handled COVID here, but I digress. I think yeah, it's, yeah. I think it was a, a nice touch and realistic again. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. So, okay. So, so they're doing this mission on the, on, on the comet um and then the sun hits and then we see all this uh you know all this stuff basically all the steam shooting out of the comet and you know the uh i think his name his name's orion he's like kicking the the bomb trying to get it to keep digging um and then they just have to get the hell out of dodge like they they didn't do it perfectly but they got they got it on there as well as they could so then they got to get the hell out of dodge they <clears throat> They get out there, but then so this guy gets blinded. Orion gets blinded by the sun because he didn't put put down his visor in time. Mm. Uh, John Favreau floats off into space. <laughs> yeah, he just says, "Poor John Favreau." Just gets... Yeah, poor John Favreau. Yeah, he's just gone. He's so gone. okay, here's the other thing too. Like, do we really think that they don't give people a cyanide pill? Well, we talked about it. I think live yeah, when we watched Contact. I think they do personally i definitely I, think listen i i don't want to i don't want to float off into space and then just just that's it you're just gonna float that's it wait till your oxygen runs out and you're just gonna suffocate that doesn't F, sound like fun to me personally F that nah i'm biting down on the pill yeah me too i'm not i'm not going out suffocating <laughs> yeah no nah, that's 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 a bad way to go that's a bad way to go uh i understand for pr purposes why they don't want to like be like oh yeah be, you know because like again they kind of we kind of like give them this this image like they're you know i don't know like perfect people and that you know there's no fear it's like they're they're totally harrowing it's like not oh, dude like this this is a, some dangerous stuff that the astronauts oh, yeah. can go through absolutely i think i definitely think they gave it to them yeah. also it's maybe this is a little weird to say it's kind of more humane i guess like do you really want to have that on your conscience that you just let someone float off into space and suffocate like uh, yeah I, I i i i do not i do not want to just float off into space that's not how i want to die and suffocate mm -hmm. that sucks you know, and like even Star Trek has done stuff like that where they don't mention any kind of cyanide pill. And there's been plenty of times where they're just literally floating out there waiting for someone to come pick them up. I'm just like, yeah, mm, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think I, so. Yeah, yeah. I thought the sequence was really good too, actually. Like when everything starts going wrong, mm. you kind of see like inside of their helmet and they're running and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like was... you see like that the, the sun literally hit him and he immediately just starts frying. It's so horrible. It is so horrible to think about. The other one gets his arm super burned and like he's literally blind. Like that's yeah. it. No coming that's back it. from that. That's it. He is blind. Um, yeah. Like, like again, like space is... <laughs> I mean, do you remember like in what was the Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams one? Like, like uh, Bones has some really funny line about space. Space like, is a disease and terror wrapped in darkness and silence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, like, like that was perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. It's good because that's exactly what it is. That is exactly what it is. Did Did he ever say that in like the the TOS? 
or do they I don't make think it? so, but he's said plenty of other horrible things. <laughs> like, why are you in space? <laughs> like, yeah, Bill, because his wife took the whole damn planet in the divorce. That's why. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> All I got left is my bones. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting. I don't think they ever mentioned being having been married in TOS. I think that was just something made up for the Abrams verse, unless I'm forgetting something, which is totally possible. Um, but no, it's yeah, space is disease and terror wrapped in darkness and silence. Yeah, it's I an unwelcoming place. Yeah, no, it is not. Humans are not meant to be in space at all. No, you can cushion it up and pretty it up as much as you want, but nope. Um, yeah, so, so then they, you know, on the, on the MSNBC telecast, they're like, oh, you know, Gus Artenza, he flew off into space and he died. You know, they basically give him an on-air salute. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um. And it didn't yeah, work. It, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing too. So it, it explodes and then it creates two of them. And one Thanks. is really, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it when you put duct tape on the cra- on like a crack in your windshield or something, it doesn't. Just, it just doesn't make it worse. It just makes uh-huh. it worse. Yeah, and, and um, you know the thing too is like both of them are going to hit Earth still, so it's it's yeah, it's yeah. Just total disaster. Total yeah, they've disaster. and they they've plotted the trajectory of the smaller one, where it's going to hit, mm-hmm. and it's not good. Well, the oh, big no. one, the big one that's that's game over. You know? Oh yeah, game over, dude. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, yeah, he, <laughs> I wrote this note, it was like, maybe they would have succeeded if they had brought the oil drillers. <laughs> yeah, That was their problem! No one knew how to drill a hole! <laughs> They're kicking themselves, being like, oh, we should have called Harry's fucking stamper. Yeah, I know. Where's my goddamn? <laughs> um, okay, so now... That's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. So so now the the plan is to wait until the comet's really close and fire a bunch of nukes at it. That's our plan. Um, yeah, but the problem is they can't they can't shoot them until it's like a couple hours away. So so that sucks. Uh, the second backup plan is the lottery. So and it's, yeah, so there's there's a million people they're gonna send to Missouri, this uh, limestone cliffs, Missouri. Uh, but they're gonna choose only eight hundred thousand people randomly. Because 200,000 are scientists and doctors, engineers, teachers, blah, blah. Um, and so the computer is going to randomly select 800,000 people. And like we were talking about before, people that are over like 50 are automatically disqualified. Mm-hmm. He declares martial law. He does all the stuff. And yeah, it's chaos. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's. Um, so yeah, so, okay. So here's a question for you. Uh, let's say you're not selected. And, and this is actually really good to bring up because this is like a, this actually the scenario that's playing out here is an East Coast problem, really. Oh yeah. This this is a they know it's going to hit the basically the Atlantic and it's going to absolutely devastate the uh, the 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 whole seaboard. Um, oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, what would you do? Like you know that you have I think it's like two weeks. They say from this point until it's going to hit. Like what would you what would you do if if you knew? This was the scenario. Hmm. I'd probably call a bunch of people. Um, if I knew people who were going, I'd be like, hey, it's cool. I love you. Uh, rebuild the human race. Um, <laughs> I'll just spend as much time with my loved ones who also maybe haven't been selected. Take a trip to uh, go up north, probably, where it's really beautiful. Um maybe go to the mountains i don't know i mean there's no point like you can't outrun it like i think the survival instinct in me would be like i think i can try but 
I'm also a realist and I just, you know, mm. make my peace with whatever's out there in the universe and just mm. probably live stream it. Not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Someone would. Someone would. Someone absolutely would. Somebody yeah. Would. You got that stupid asshole. You know, you know, would probably live stream it. Honestly, you know, like there's actually there's a really good scene where it's Tay Leone and her dad and they get hit by a tidal wave. That's what would be live streamed. It's like some guy and he sees the freaking tidal wave. Yep. Like somebody would be live streaming it, like yeah. in this day and age. But um, yeah, probably just, uh, I mean, I'm contending with everybody else who's trying to get up north too. Yeah. I mean, if Ryan wasn't so like to do, then I'd just hang out with him, cuddle my dog, maybe go ride a horse. Uh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, horse do some things that I haven't, that I've been meaning to do and just been putting off, you know, when it comes, but, you know, need a extinction level event to get me to go do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was really, I remember being super happy when I was a kid living closer to the northern, northern side of things. So I'd probably do something like that. If I, I feel like if I knew that I wasn't going to live, I don't know. I, 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 that's kind of hard for me because I think, I think that I would, I would head for the mountains or something. Yeah. I think I would, I would just try to live as much as I could and, but have that cyanide pill ready, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that too. Like when it gets I, bad, it's time to, it's time to go, but I'll, I'll try, I'll give it my best to try and, you know, continue, uh, continue my, my line, my lineage. Yeah. I'd probably um, read some like poetry. That sounds probably really lame, but like, I probably no. That actually would. that actually sounds really good. Yeah, um, I don't because I I don't pray or anything like that. Yeah. So I, I I think I'd probably just want to be as like spiritually connected to something comforting as I possibly can. Um, <laughs> probably steal something. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. I just I Smoke just feel like cigarette. I think. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I I, no, I no, don't okay. cigarettes yeah. anymore. But like, and Ryan obviously doesn't like smoking or anything like that. But I would definitely probably oh. Dude, I'm thinking I would take shrooms. I would to I would do some psychedelics. I would. I would totally do some psychedelics. I think I think the thing too, this could be interesting to explore in like a whole another kind of thing. But I think I think there'd be a there'd be a huge contingent of people who would they become very bohemian, you know? They like do drugs and they Especially now. You know, like I yeah. think especially now with like how some of our culture is going. Um, I think that I, f I feel like we there would definitely be some kind of new kind of lifestyle and culture that would be born in a very short period of time. Um, not all the good, not all the bad. Um, there would definitely be something like that. I would definitely call my brother and be like, give me some shrooms because the world's ending and I've, yeah. I want to do it. Let's, I want to open my third eye before it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think there would definitely be a lot of like free love. Just people out just just sort of very communal, you know? like sharing everything and just doing drugs and just like reading poetry and having fun and frolicking in the woods or something. I think there'd be, you'd find some place where there'd be a ton of people, like thousands of people doing that. Mm -hmm. Thousands, I, I'm telling you, would, would be just doing that. And they would just, that's what they would spend the last whatever amount of time doing is just like, yeah, well, we're all going to die, but we'll be together having fun and sort of doing the most, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If I saw, yeah, I'd be I'd be doing my thing for a while, reading my poetry, doing my shit, being with my loved ones, and then uh, if I see it coming, I'm like, pop a shroom. I want to see how the world looks because <laughs> 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 I bet I'm gonna feel really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I th I feel like because you want to like you want to you want to go out happy, right? Oh yeah, I don't want to be scared. I don't want to be terrified. I don't I don't want to feel like I I don't know what it 
there have been very few moments where I feel like I'm gonna die. <laughs> you know what? I personally yeah. like I I haven't had too many moments like that except in the winter driving. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I'd want to feel good about something. Also, I do still feel like there would be some mass panic in a lot of ways. I feel like maybe I mean I would hope that it wouldn't be as I feel like I I would like to think because we all know we're gonna die together we should just like enjoy our company um but yeah i still feel like there would probably be some mass panic in certain areas maybe more city side maybe less uh rural um but yeah i'd like i i'd want to go out happy i don't want to i don't want to be like eh, crying or anything i'm yeah. sure i would but like yeah just go up to mount washington just hang out That's, there that, you know there's never really been like this type of event for like there's been the plague and these other kind of terrible things but like instantaneous mass murder of millions of humans that's 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 out of your control it's not even like a another country doing it or anything like that it's completely out of your control it's coming from space like also you asked me when we watched war of the world you had asked me if i'd ever been in like a super panicky like scenario with like a bunch of other people and i don't know why i didn't remember this i remembered it later I was in a pizza hut once and something, it was very scary. Um, They were very busy. There was a ton of people waiting for their pizza. There was one girl at the register and no one was helping her. And the tension was horrifying. Yeah, Like people were raising their voices. People were screaming. And I was just like, I literally said, you realize she's the only person there, right? (laughs) <laughs> like i was that person i was like yeah. she's the only person right there and i they looked at this one lady i was like if you want to go do it you can like you can <laughs> and then i looked at some guy who was walking by on his phone and i was like you can help her like you need to help her because you are about to have a riot on your hands over <laughs> pizza. I, that is crazy i was like i had my best friend in the car he was he texted me he's like what's going on i'm like i might die and i <laughs> over pizza I literally said, if I call you, you need to, you need to come in and help, or you need to call the police. Like something might go down. <laughs> that but that's, yeah, that was, that was a terrifying experience. I don't know why. I, fr- I think I blocked it out because it was actually really, really scary. That, that sounds pretty traumatic. Yeah. It was literally over pizza. But, the, but that's a thing, right? Like when that fever breaks, when it, when it hits a pitch and people are just like, I want this, I want this, or, or, you know, like, like, and, and then it kind of feeds in on itself. And it, and it affects everyone. And that's what was pretty, it was even affecting me a little bit because like I could feel myself getting annoyed because yeah, I was waiting a long time for something that yeah, I had yeah, ordered yeah, yeah. 30 minutes ago. And like what kept me grounded was like, I'm try. I hung on to my empathy because yeah. I've done her job. I know how shitty it is. And she's, she has no idea what she's doing. She's overwhelmed. And the last thing that's going to help is like people screaming at her. Like, if it's that big of a deal, go to freaking Domino's. It's right down the street, bro. <laughs> like, there's a chain of restaurants as far as the eye can see on this strip of road. Like, go anywhere. And I just, I thought I was going to get hit, honestly. I thought I was going to get hit. I thought fur was going to start flying. And it was tense. It was the most tense situation I've ever been in in my life. So that's why I'm heading to the mountains. <laughs> yeah, you want to be away because, like, there, there's going to be a microcosm of that, you know, Man, I, I just imagining the the lines at the freaking Costco after something like this was announced. Mm-hmm. Oh, they failed. Well, you, yeah, people, because like, because then people start doing things 
where they're violent. It's like, you know, people like, you know, there's going to be people shooting each other and stuff. Which is why I still think those subcultures of people who just want to enjoy the company of other people and want to care and maybe read a little poetry, maybe read a little, I don't know, um, will congregate to one another. Because those aren't the type of people who are going to be like shooting up a place because the world ending. Yeah, they're just going to embrace it. Um, Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was a good discussion. Uh, cause yeah, I feel like this is, this is like, this is like, you know, and I feel like this is kind of on point for right now. Cause like, again, we're, we're lucky that this isn't, you know, it's not like the plague or whatever. It's not going to kill tons and tons of people, but there was that moment, right. When Trump said, Hey, like we're, we're in an emergency. People freaked out. People freaked out. I mean, I was there that day at a Costco. It was crazy. Oh my God. Crazy. Crazy! Everyone's phone goes off at once, and everyone stops. Trump declares a state of emergency. Yeah, You're just looking around at everybody, they're all thinking the same exact thing. That that's no, no. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, me and my me and my girlfriend, we went to the Costco that was near our house. Uh, couldn't park, so I left her in the car, and I'm running around, and <laughs> you know, people are like taking all the ramen, just ten of them in their cart, all the toilet paper. Well, say, ramen and toilet paper. That's it. <laughs> At that point, they had, they had um, like, everyone got, like, two at most. So they, they rationed it at that point. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy, and it's it's like that. It's immediate. People just panic. They're like, ah! You know? No, um, exactly. And, and then and then if the, if the fever hits a pitch, then it gets to another level. Like you were in that pizza, in the, in the pizza hut. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not, it's not a good feeling. No. It's it is, it's, it's human beings at their, at their lowest you know unfortunately yeah um yeah so so the messiah they failed unfortunately um the crew is kind of screwed because like the the guy who got blinded he was like the captain basically and he, but he's basically yeah he's done john favreau is dead <laughs> um yeah so they've they've only got i don't know was there like four of them left or whatever something like that. yeah uh yeah they're still alive but they don't know what to do because they're like well we, we failed but you know um, so they decide to fly back to Earth because they can get there faster than the comet. Uh, yeah, and so then Jenny is talking with her mom, and the mom is yeah. This was this. How did you feel about this this conversation she had with her after that came out? This was kind of interesting scene. Yeah, it's kind of like how I felt. You know, like if I was not selected and stuff like that. Um, she just kind of accepts it. She gives like a lot of her artwork and you know important things and valuable things to like. Um, so that they can be saved. Um, and yeah, I don't think Jenny realized that was probably the last conversation she was going to have with her. I think yeah. it should have tipped her off with a couple of things she said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, my, there's like nothing in my apartment. Yeah, like I'm giving away everything. Like she knows, freaking fly, die, go away. <laughs> I hate flies, vermin. Yeah, flies suck. Sorry. Um, you need one of those yeah, swatters. Yeah, like why didn't she give any of her things to Jenny? Like, and it's just kind of, it's, it's a little eerie. Um, but yeah, it's also kind of sad. You know, I just like, I can't help like thinking about my mom and stuff like that. So yeah, let's, let's, I guess let's sort of talk about what happens with, I think she, she commits suicide, right? Like the mom. Yeah. I'm, yeah, she does. They, they, they uh, imply they gloss over it, but yeah. they, yeah, she, okay. So yeah, that's, that's see, like, this is the thing that I kind of like about this movie. Is, yeah, we get none of this in Armageddon. It's just oh, know, no. the characters are better for sure, but 
all the implications are like not really talked about. No. Um, other than the Steve Buscemi character taking out like a bunch of loans, like he he like gets a bunch of loan shark money or something, and, yeah. and goes goes to a bunch of strip clubs. Um, <laughs> that's that's the closest we get. It's to pure hedonism and libertinism. Exactly. But, There's that libertine, yeah. the uh, yeah. bohemian lifestyle yeah. we were talking about. But this is really so. Like, what what do you think of what do you think of of someone doing that? um what yeah how does that make you feel like if you like if you knew someone you was really close with you cared about a lot was going to kill themselves like how would you feel about that i wouldn't be okay with it i don't i I wouldn't be like yeah we're gonna get hit but can't we just like enjoy it together but then again like uh it's kind of it's a touchy subject it really is it's just it really is it's i i mean i can't help it i'm still human i wouldn't be okay with it like yeah it's not my choice but like kind of sucks thanks <laughs> yeah know? this 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 is a really rough one because you know on a lot of levels i yeah you know i i i, I just i yeah it, it, that's that's really because this this is actually when things really start to break down mm. because when people start and they they've they've shown this like like for instance when when famous people commit suicide there's more suicides yeah it's it's a real thing it it does when, happen mm-hmm. when people when people because when basically society says that's not an option we stop people but when that when that stops there's a lot like it, it's it's surprising how many people like they they think it's an option and they want to go with it with committing suicide and this is this is another thing you would see a lot of suicides at this point no i i I think you would. I think you'd see a lot of mass suicides. I think you'd see yeah. a lot of religious religious mass suicides. Um, that's something that's not really talked about in contact. I feel like there would still be even the even with the potential of communicating with another life form that has nothing to do with God. I feel like a lot of people would go very dark. Um, sure. But yeah, I think it would definitely be something that would be real. I think it would be a real thing that people would do. Yeah. The the the, the rough thing about that too is like because you know. Um, I mean, recently, I've, it was a couple of years now. I forget how long it's been, but like it was Chris Cornell committed suicide. And then shortly after, um, he was the lead singer of Lincoln Park. He committed suicide mm-hmm. too. And that just sort of let off a tremor. And you know, that, that's the other thing too, is like, cause then that just, that stuff just really brings society that, that, cause then you, it feels like this inevitability, you know? Oh yeah. And Anthony Bourdain too. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Or... I know this is going to sound really horrible, not just with the mass suicides. I feel like there'd be a lot of murder suicides. Like that's this is really dark, but like, I definitely think that would also be. Or, or the like, like feeding your kids the cyanide pill kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's no doubt in my mind, mm-hmm. like at all. Like we see it played out in different kinds of kinds of scenarios and different movies and films, you know, like a mercy kill kind of a thing. But I def I definitely think it would happen. And that's horrible to say, horrible. but people don't want to have their loved ones suffer in any yeah. way and it's terrible but yeah yeah because you know again in this scenario if you're over 50 you're you're donezo yeah um yeah you'd you'd see yeah Whew, yeah that, that's that's the real that's that yeah that's the stuff that really kind of gets to me too is like you know just thinking about people you care about and them being put in that scenario and just like if one person you know you really care a lot about that happens to them where they just give up and they just commit suicide it's like that's heavy yeah uh, okay, yeah, I, I'm I'm glad we got a chance to talk about that because I feel like this this is like the thing about this film that kind of like makes it unique. It, it definitely goes there. Yes, it where, does. 
Armageddon kind of it's just about the fun and the spectacle. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and the characters and the fun characters. Um, this is more about the implications. What actually happens to society? What are what's the plan? You know. Um, yeah, and so the other thing we see is Leo. Leo is gonna Leo and his family they get chosen, uh, but his neighbor Sarah and her family they're not chosen. So Leo decides to marry Sarah so they can all go. Um, okay, is it legal for like an eight year old to get married? I was literally just gonna say I don't think that's legal. Even in dire circumstances, they really make an exception for a fourteen year old to like get married. Like, like this, like this dude is like eight years old. <laughs> I thought it was a little weird, personally. I thought it was it was weird. Like I, I was just I was kind of uncomfortable by it. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like I get you have to like make the story a little tense and scary. I feel like you still could have had the whole thing with them trying to get on the bus without any of that. I mean, it's still horrible because they thought they were leaving. But yeah, I don't know. Okay, so like, like if if you had a if you had a child and they they were going to be able to get out and you weren't, would you, would you let them stay with you or would you tell them? Oh no, their ass is getting on my bus. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no way in hell. Like, Isn't that weird? Because like what happens in the end is that they basically the same thing happens. Like the parents die, but they give the child to the, the daughter. So the yeah, same the thing happens. Lives. Well, what are they going to do? Kill a baby? Like we already know that the implication that like, life is lost no matter what but then you're really like we see her being pregnant we see her have the baby we see the baby as like a little meh but like are they really gonna show a baby get killed like i don't i think they may have just written themselves into a corner with that one <laughs> they, they did you're right they did and they're yeah, like we gotta get rid of this kid <laughs> like we can't show the baby die so <laughs> we can't show a pregnant woman die i feel like there was this thing in the 90s where like either where like children in really horrible circumstances people children were put in really horrible circumstances in ways we hadn't really seen before um like there's a whole movie about it uh, there's ransom like that's a whole movie about yeah. how people kidnap kids yeah i was like watching that, a part that of that movie scared the shit out of me when i was a kid yeah, i never where, left my mom's side like yeah where it's the worst they show the kid getting basically tortured by these rando ass people like he's yeah, like he's hooked like, up to a bed or yeah. like how easy it is to kidnap a kid like how oh the 90s was all about kids getting kid and the 80s yeah it was like it was all about people getting kidnapped there big the, time yeah, they put the, that the stranger danger fear in, in people like oh yeah like absolutely because they were they were getting snatched left yeah. and right like that was like like i was listening to a podcast re recently i don't know if you know this story but um johnny gosh he was a really famous um uh, he was a paper boy and he got snatched in the first thing in the morning. Nobody knows what happened. There's some theories about what happened to him. His mom has a lot of interesting things to say. Um, but yeah, he, they never found out who caught him and he's the reason why there, there was pictures of kids on milk cartons and they were, it was like this whole conspiracy and cover up and thing like, yeah. And that happened in the eighties. And it was, it was a, it was a scary freaking time to be a little kid because like, Oh, why is my mom all clinging now? <laughs> like, I don't know because it's suddenly common to have kids get snatched. Yeah. Like, like they show that in ransom, just how easy it is. Crowded place. That's all you need. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you Crowded think place. Being... Your parents look the other way. Boom. You're gone. I wandered off. <laughs> Happened to my dad. I used to do that for fun. I would, when I was like, <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. I would, I we would be in Macy's and I would just like, you know, like how they have the, the racks that are a circle. I would mm -hmm. jump inside and hide and then run around. Oh man, I'd get my ass beat if I did that. Not only that, but my mom would just be embarrassed. I mean, after a while, I got bored with it. And fortunately, I didn't get I, no for real. Like, but I did that a lot. It was fun for me when I was my, five. My best friend used to <laughs> climb onto like a rack, like not a rack, but like a shelf, 
um, when he was like five or six and just to screw with his mom and like say to strangers, take me. Ah! <laughs> That's hilarious. And his mom would be like, what, that is the, hilarious. what the hell are you doing? And he'd be like, I want to be taken. She's like, you have no idea what that means. <laughs> but like kids are, kids are silly. You know? Kids are stupid like that. <laughs> silly, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know. People, people you know, like almost sort of uh, envious of the child's view of the world. Because you just mm-hmm. never think that anything bad is going to happen. You think everyone's like your parents and they're all good and they're nice and they're fun. Yeah, then they have you watch well, a movie with Mel Gibson about getting kidnapped. It's like, oh, that can happen? Yeah, so you stay in the yard. Yeah, once that once that fear, once that reality of life hits you, you never you never see the world the same again. Um, yeah, so then, so, okay, so Leo, they get married. They try and get on the bus. They can't get on the bus, so Sarah stays with her parents for some reason. Well, I think um, she could get on the bus, but her parents couldn't. Her, I think yeah, that's so. what it came down to. Mm-hmm. I think that's because, what it came down to, was um, mm-hmm. that her parents couldn't come. Yeah, her parents couldn't come, so she stayed, which is interesting. I would have um, knocked my kid out and thrown her yeah. on that bus. I'm like, no, there's no way in hell. Like, I'm not even yeah, a parent, exactly. but like, I would, no. If it came down to just me and Ryan and his kid, I'd be like, his, your kid's getting on that damn bus. Sorry. Yeah, because like, like you want to live. You want to live. You know, just remember us. Exactly. Well, it's like, that's your, that's your, that's your number one job as a parent, isn't it? Just to make sure your kid survives. Like, I remember my mom told me I was going to move out for the first time. I'm like, mom, I'll be okay. Don't worry. And she's like, I never not worry. (laughs) She's like, she's like, it's always going to be a worry. Um, Yeah. So, so, okay. So they, Leo goes, Leo and his family go, but then Leo decides he's going to go back for her basically. Um, and so then he, yeah, th- that, that was another interesting part too, where he very easily gets back when he's just like eight year old boy by himself. I don't know. He's just like, <laughs> hi- he just hops on like this, this, I don't know. It's like some kind of care of it. His dad gives him a watch to trade, which I actually thought was a nice touch. Yeah. He doesn't give him money. He thinks he's going to need something to trade because money doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Money means like, nothing. Yeah. Material things don't really mean anything either, but people hoard in a crisis you know like people loot in a crisis so i thought it was interesting that he gave him something that you're gonna need something to trade he doesn't need money he needs something to trade which again if i was a parent i wouldn't let like you gotta go and get her it's like it's not like they're 25 and in love he's literally gonna have like eight girlfriends in his life (laughs) like like come on kid but like yeah they needed to have him save the day so yeah, he got back way too easily. Way yeah, he got back easy. way too easily. This <laughs> like, is where they used. This is where they manipulate time in a script. Yeah. <laughs> I needed yeah. to work for me. So no, another thing that I, I I sort of forgot to mention, but like yeah, we talked about. So the president declares martial law, and there's actually like a scene that's really um, another scene that's kind of interesting that kind of opens up some bigger stuff. But we see on television. Uh, I think it's when Leo goes to see Sarah when like the dad's like basically the dad's kind of given up like Sarah's dad. He's just like, F it. Uh, he takes her out of school and all this other stuff. Like they're, they're not taking it well, but they, they see on the television that like Marines are doing this. There's like, they show a bunch of Marines going into people's houses uh, because they, I don't know, something happened, but I, I, you know, that's another interesting, like, like imagining looking outside your window and you see the Marine Corps, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, well, it's also kind of like what I want to know is like, okay, 200,000 people have already been selected who are doctors, scientists, teachers, etc. What about the military? Are they in the lottery too? What's their incentive to keep doing their job? 
I'm assuming the ones who are actually rounding people up to bring to the caves. I'm I'm wondering if they've already been pre-selected as well, or if these have been they've been selected in the lottery too, because that's only what's fair. I understand why we need doctors and scientists and etc. Don't think we need fucking lawyers personally. Um, <laughs> but um, I thought that I was wondering about that too. You know, I I think in this scenario, so. You know, this is another thing that's kind of come up recently with Trump. Uh, basically, in this type of a scenario, the military basically runs the country. But it is because, martial law. But because I think the in the United States, the the chain of command is so strong and well kept together that you know the president still has all that power. And ba basically, the answer is that they're going to do what the president says. Well, yeah, because you still have that duty to, like, you know, protect yes. citizens and, like, you know, serve your country and your your president, you know, um, your commander in chief. So, like, I understand that part of it. I was just wondering. I was just like, hmm, I wonder if these are the guys who have been in the lottery, too. I, and I, I, the ones who are serving right now. And the rest are just put on active leave or something like that. Yeah, I suspect that they would call in everybody. And I, I think I think things would be very hardcore. I think that they would basically say you're you're basically you're not going to make it, but you're you have to serve the country and protect the country. If you don't, we will kill you. I, I really honestly think that's what they would say, and that's how they would enforce it. So if you tried to get away, if you tried to you know do something not do your duty, they would they would it's arrest kind you. Kind of kind of like in a situation where like you'd go AWOL, they're gonna probably come after you. Yeah, they would they would be very hard on because that's the only way you're going to keep the country together is because the military is going to be, you know, the only presence keeping any semblance of order. Mm -hmm. um, and if order. they mm -hmm. and if they go rogue, the whole country goes rogue. So for, I think the top down, they would basically say, you guys are the only thing keeping this place together. If you if you get out of line at all, we are we are not going to have any tolerance. They, they would court martial you immediately if you try to not dude yeah so i think for the military it would suck it would suck because you are you are you're basically dead yeah you're basically you are because people in the military are property of the u.s government they view you as property 100 oh, yeah. you're an you asset are property. you are an asset and they're going to use you like an asset to protect the country and so the civilians like the 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 egghead people especially like the really really smart guys they the military's job is to protect them basically, and to make sure that they exist so that the apparatus of, you know, the, the, what, what makes up most of the American economy could exist after this event happens. Yeah. That's the military's job. So yeah, it would suck. It would, it would suck to be in the, because you are, you're probably going to die and you're, but you know, you're going to die for a cause of protecting the you're, country, but you're still serving your country, but you, you are not going to, you're probably not going to get out of it. Um, fortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so then we get this. Where are we? Um, yeah, so then, um, so Tanner sort of lays out this plan for the astronauts of how, of how they can, uh, they can't, it's basically saying we can't do anything about the small one, but the big one we can potentially do this maneuver where we can blow it up and, um, hopefully it'll be blown up into enough pieces where it'll just sort of burn up in the uh, atmosphere. Uh, and it's it's a suicide mission, so there's no way out of it. Um, but they're like, well, <laughs> the one lady, she said, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll all get a school named after us. <laughs> That's the sad part, too. It's like, so sad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so my sad. God. Yeah. It's so sad. sad. But, but like, like, 
you know, again, this is this is some real stuff. Like this is this is that Spock kind of stuff. The you know the needs of the, the needs of the many <laughs> ways that oh, uh, way the needs of the few. Yeah, and, and this this is totally a scenario that could happen. Oh, totally. absolutely. And they all got to be down with it. <laughs> I mean that this is the job, right? This is the job. Yep. And come, they all had to have known that there wasn't there was a there was a percentage of a chance that like it would get fucked up and that they would need to maybe do something like this, if not something similar. So but it's still sad. And it's super sad. Yeah. And like that last scene, you know, when they all get their kids and they're all saying goodbye. It's just yeah, that, that's a pretty sad scene. It's when I finally cared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The saddest part is like. Oh, we, they couldn't get Robert Duvall's kids in time. And it's just like, oh. And his that's wife, so and he looks at his wife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and that's the realistic part is that maybe some of them couldn't get there in time. And they couldn't get to say goodbye. And, oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, you know, there's also a subplot with, so now we're back with like the, the newscasters. And they're like drawing straws so you can take a helicopter out. Um, and so then Jenny basically, so they've been the subplots with her and her dad. So, so they're trying to make, make up with each other. And then after the mom committed suicide, the dad kind of tells, tells her like, oh, well, my wife left me, <laughs> you know, and all this other stuff. And he's kind of apologetic, but it's like, dude, you should, uh, you should have dumped her when I told you the first time and maybe our mom would be alive. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that, that the whole mom storyline is really kind of. It's a, it's a lot, and you think about it. She goes to the wedding of her husband. She, like, I don't, you know, I... Then yeah, the world's kinda... ending. I kind of feel like she may have already been on that track. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like she might have already been on that track of what she end up, ended up doing. I feel like this just kind of gave yeah. her another reason. Um, See, that's what I brought up. There's a whole bunch of, again, there's people like that where, you know, they just feel like it sucks. But, like, you know, everyone has that moment where you feel like your life is shit. You know? Oh God, yes. That's very human feeling to like feel like Ugh, I haven't done anything, or you know, like I know I felt in my life personally that like I feel like I've always needed to catch up to other people who are in the exact same position I am. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you're I know, behind, yeah. mm -hmm. like you're behind in whatever in these made up scenarios. You know, you know, in my mid twenties, it was all of my friends were getting married and having kids, and I wasn't. But then it took me getting to 27 where I was like, actually, I'm totally fine with that. I'm yeah. totally fine with that. You know, I don't need to catch up. Like, why do I need to get married and have kids like now? Like, it doesn't, it's this whole feeling of being behind. And, but I also feel like there's plenty of people who are on a hair trigger who are just holding on to that one more day. The sun will always rise. There'll be another day to try again. And then, but if you're put in a scenario where actually the sun's going to be blocked out. The air is yeah. going to be toxic. There's going to be a tidal wave, 25 feet. What is it like? 100 feet tall or something like that. It's it's yeah. It's going to wipe out the whole eastern north. The northeast is going to be gone, leveled in a matter of minutes. A tidal wave that reaches like us to, to Africa. Yeah. That doesn't give anyone a reason anymore, and it's really sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then they just give up, and then they just take the easiest way out, which is to just end it. Yeah, the whole the whole stuff with the mom is like, and you know, the other thing too is like people they kind of what I think is realistic about the character is like, you know, she kind of gives these signals, right? She meets with her daughter and then she talks about the the her husband, her ex husband, and then she's like, you know, she's had this line. She's like, oh yeah, I don't even care that I'm not selected. It just makes it easier. For yeah, exactly. Like it makes it easier for her to do what? <laughs> like 
that should have been a huge tip off. I know. Yeah. I, think, I think Tia Leone was still stuck in the state of wanting things to remain normal. I think she was deluding herself a little bit. Yeah. Totally. You know, she doesn't really have this guilt complex of she being the one who gets to go because she doesn't have to draw straws. She already has a place. It's everyone else around her. Yeah. And, you know, that's, you know, what's really effect, effective to, I think about that is like, that's how people do it. No one just says it, right. They just kind of, oh, no. they, they give those hints and we don't pick them up. And then it's like, whoa. And then you just realize, oh shit, she was the whole time. They were trying to tell me that they were just going to end it. And I just did. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's the thing about people who are genuinely suicidal is that it's, it's, it's touched my family before. And it's, it's something that's very real. They, they, either try and try and try and they fail because other things intercede and stop them, which was the case with my grandmother, or it's that one time. And it's not, it's not always obvious. Oh, she's had a couple of good months. I don't need to keep watching her. Oh, she's had a few more good months. She went to a, she went to a place. She's got her pills. She's okay. And it's that, it's that one time. Yeah, and it's, this is time, this yeah. is before I was, this was like, I think a year or the year I was born that my grandmother committed suicide. Mm. It's still like, my dad still won't talk about it. Yeah. So like, That's, it's been 30 years. Still doesn't. Like, it does that. It really does. Yeah. And it's. Uh, it's rough. It is. It's really rough. And it, it's this weird trickle down effect too, mm. which I find very interesting about mental health and how it permeates through your children and things like that and it's it's i definitely think there's something there to it being in your dna almost which is interesting that t leone ends up not going yeah yeah so um yeah like you said they draw straws she gives up her seat to her co-worker with the child and then there was this there was this also she met with her dad that day and the dad showed showed her these pictures of the two of them when when she was younger on the beach that her mom had taken and so then and they're all happy and everything and so then she meets with her dad on the beach and the two stay together to see this gigantic tidal wave um i really loved yeah. that moment i not them getting hit with the tidal wave obviously but like i like that they you know make peace they don't need to be bad she doesn't need to be mad she, you know she tells them the yeah, i remember it i was only saying that i didn't because you know i want to be mad at you and um i think it's, he, he tells her that he he confesses he dropped her once when she was a baby yeah on her head that was funny it was just like he's been that's so something a dad would say like i've been carrying around this guilt <laughs> for so long but yeah. I, I i dropped you <laughs> I, yeah like I, i'm really like a bad dad i dropped you um i know you took the money but I think what I did was worse, but you know, <laughs> c'est la vie. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, they make peace. They make peace. Yeah. And then they're together at the end, which is powerful stuff. Um, and then Leo, Leo, we get this whole Leo somehow finds Sarah and her family. And then they, they get that, that whole, that whole arc just like kind of, I think. Yeah. His storyline. I didn't, I thought it was weak. I didn't really. He goes off the rails. Yeah. Um, and he's, so he like, he like went home, found a motorcycle found the key to the motorcycle <laughs> like wow went uh, back didn't run out of gas didn't run out of gas happened to find his girlfriend in a sea of people who everyone had a minivan like that yeah. and um yeah thankfully she they recognized the them in you know dirt and sweat and a helmet like thankfully she recognized him 
Yeah, and then they take the baby, and they they also get to higher ground, and they get they get away from that. That scene is actually pretty harrowing. I mean, despite me not really liking Leo's storyline all that much, that's a pretty harrowing scene of them like driving up the mountain, and eventually, I'm assuming they the dirt bike does run out of gas or it gets damaged because they're going straight up a mountain. Yeah, Um, (laughs) run basically. Um, yeah, they're just running the last. Yeah, that's a pretty hard. I thought the special the effects were pretty, were pretty good. I thought they held up fairly well. Like that's yeah, so pretty scary. So yeah, like like we see the smaller. So the small one gets an impact, and yeah, it's pretty impressive. Like you see the tidal wave. Like you know, uh, Jenny and her dad are there at the beach, and then you just see this fucking wave. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of surprised the um, shock wave didn't knock them over or anything like that, but. I guess it was just the shockwave hit the water and then it just kept going. I don't know anything about science, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And you see, like, um, there's, there's always a Statue of Liberty shot. Yeah. You got to destroy it. Always. Um, Planet of the Apes. Um, <laughs> Independence Day. Always got to blow it up. Got to blow her up, unfortunately. Kill that bitch. We don't like her. Yeah, we got to kill her. She's Greek, right? She's like Greek or something. I think the, Fr- <laughs> the, it was, uh, the French gave it to us. Okay, so yeah, and like like there was like the scene where the wave hits New York City is really something mm-hmm. because you see these people on top of a building and mm-hmm. you see the waves go right through all the you know and this was like when the World Trade Center both buildings were there still. Well, that, that gives you a like, scope whoa. of how like big the wave is because only like the tiniest tips of like the World Trade Centers are sticking out. Like that's massive. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Um, yeah, it is just wiping people out. Um, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I definitely thought that they they held it pretty well. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. It still scared the crap out of me. I was like, oh god, this yeah, is making like, sense. Yeah. Um, and so then we see the Messiah crew, and like they, you know, they 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 reach Houston again. They tell them their plan. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna do this suicide run basically. Mm-hmm. And then they they say goodbye to their family, and it's it's a really touching moment. Um, everyone says goodbye. Like uh, the dude who's blind, his his uh, his wife and his kid come by. Yeah. And then the other the other astronauts describing to him what his son is doing. Um. Yeah. The one woman, her her husband and her daughter come. Yeah. That's man. That's that's crazy. If you could imagine, yeah. imagine like you see you know your mom or dad and they're about to fly into a comet and blast a nuke. And you 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 could see them in the spaceship as they're about to do it. Like that is like whoa. Pick goddamn basket case. I I I would be crying uncontrollably. Oh yeah. I can't imagine being an astronaut. Like being an astronaut, I just can't. I can't. I don't know if I could. Ever oh God, me. I know I couldn't. <laughs> I I don't have the. I don't know. I don't think I have the fortitude for it. Like there's just so much stuff you have to potentially deal with and it's all bad. <laughs> oh yeah. It's all bad. I'm good okay. at not doing it. Here's one thing. Like why, why do like the Russian guy, no love for this Russian guy. Right. They never, he didn't get to say goodbye to his family. That was sad. I was like, it was just like, fuck you mother Russia one more time. Like what the hell? Like, yeah. I thought that it's was like, mean. Like, he's like we get sitting in the back. <laughs> he is just sitting in the back. It's like, what the fuck? Come on! Like, we treat this guy like he's doesn't matter. It's like, dude, this is messed up. No, and it's, yeah, I thought that was pretty mean. Like everybody else got to say goodbye, well, except for Robert Duvall. But like, they don't even mention like they could what they couldn't get Russia on the phone or something. Like, oh, sorry. That that kind of not over the Cold War. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, we, we're we're still mad about that. So we teamed up with Russia, but screw your astronaut. Yeah, um, yeah, and so then we see, and like you know, Robert Duvall has this great line. It's like this is the closest we're ever going to be to home. Uh, and then they they fly into the comet. They fly in there, and then they blow it up. Um, yep. And then it then you know it explodes, and we see like Leo and Sarah, like they're at the top of the mountain, and they see like all the particles go into the atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. And that's it. And that, that basically then the president gives a speech, you know, um, like, you know, we're going to rebuild and then we're building the White House and like, it's over. We're going to make it. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like America. <laughs> yeah. America. Fuck. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I thought, I thought the ending was pretty nice. Definitely like hit in the fields for sure. Yeah. Um, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a solid ending. I thought, it, I thought it was a solid movie for the most part, honestly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I think um, there were certainly some things like I think that they didn't really get like there's no character we really care a lot about, unfortunately. No, not really. There just isn't. Um, and that that kind of really is detrimental. But I think especially like this discussion we had, like about the implications, I think they did. They, they did that really well, especially like yeah. thinking realistically of like what the path would be for how the government would respond and the astronauts would respond was accurate. Yes, I agree. So I, I I feel like this is whoever wrote this or whoever was a part of this, that was basically that was their their that's what they wanted to achieve. Yeah. I think that's what they wanted to achieve. And I think they, they did that. I don't think it totally works as a movie. Like I was saying before, I think if this was like a novel and they really expanded things, this would have been good. Yeah, I Maybe agree. I feel like it would have worked more as a novel format than than an actual movie. Um or even I even a mini series, I feel like, would have done it a better justice, honestly. But they're probably mini series budgets on this scale are very different than how they are for like an actual movie. Um, but yeah, I think if they just had a little more time with the characters, that would have been great. But I get, I understand why. But it didn't really, it again, it didn't really make me care too much about anybody. But oh well, I still think it was a solid film. Had you seen this before, like back in the day, or was this like yeah. the first time you've seen it? My parents did rent it way back in the day, um, but only the one time. Just the, I think we they only rented it the one time because again, my dad was probably on his disaster kick mo- like thing. Yeah, um, where would you say this ranks for you in terms of like other disaster movies? Like, like what are what are some ones that really come to mind for you? And like, where do you think this fits in with those other films? They would probably be in like a top ten list, probably. Um, I don't always go for disaster movies because they're generally always the same. Statue of Liberty, Destroy the White House, other big, important buildings. Um, but I think it, it definitely stands right next to Armageddon and War of the Worlds and stuff like that. Independence Day, those would all be in my top ten. And I think I would also put Deep Impact in there as well. Just because I think it is a, a hard science-y good movie that that's not bad it's a pretty it's a good movie it's not great as far as character goes but i understand what they were trying to do showing all these different characters that somehow relate to one another in one way or or another yeah i feel like yeah i think their goal was to like basically place different characters at different points in this whole thing so that we can see every angle of it mm-hmm. you know we see what the astronauts have to deal with we see like what someone who gets chosen would have to deal with and then people who aren't chosen um and someone you know people that are just going to be like hey i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go and i want to be with my family yeah Uh, 
So yeah, we just kind of get these little flashes, and but they wanted us to like at the end have characters that are within all these different spheres. So yes. when it happens, we get it from every point of view. Yeah, and different walks of life, different kinds of characters, you know, like in different areas and stages in their lives as well. You know, you have Robert Duvall, who's the elder, T. Leone, who's like in the middle ground, and then, you know, Leo, who's a kid, and how they all perceive it. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's a tough one. So, like, let's say that you were chosen, but your significant other wasn't. Oh, I'm not going. <laughs> no question in my mind, I'm not going. Yeah, he would have I, to hug I... me and throw me, like, yeah. in there. Like, he, I would not go willingly at all. What yeah, about that's, you? that's a tough one. <laughs> I, I, um... I think I'd be buying that cyanide pill. <laughs> one for you, one for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think in that scenario, I'd really try hard to like figure something out to mm. get them in. Just any hooker by crook lying, you know, paying paying people off, whatever it took. Because mm -hmm. like, yeah, I would really try hard to, because um, I, I I would not look forward to that biting down on that cyanide pill. But oh god, no. If if. If that was a scenario, that's what I'm doing. Like I'm, I don't want to get hit by this tidal wave or have to deal with the, you know, the aftermath of being in, you know, it's the earth is black. This is black every day. You look outside and it's dark. <laughs> oh, yay! <laughs> yeah, no, me either. I would do. I would try and do everything I could as well. But if it came down to like, no, all your options are exhausted. There's no way out. Just like okay. No, you've never taken drugs before, Ryan. It's time to start. <laughs> we're gonna have a party. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really like that. You know, that I feel like that was some of the most interesting discussion. Is like, you know, the fact that you, you just want to sort of embrace your inner inner self and just kind of like let go. I, I think there's a lot of people that would do that. Yeah, and I want to um, be around those people. Uh, I want to do that. Like, obviously, like there's stuff I'm sure he he'd want to do. I, I Ryan's very realistic, so I don't think there'd be a lot of things on his. Uh, on that list, but I think he would definitely want to do certain things that I would be like, hey, if you want to do that, let's let's do that too. Let's let's see what we can cram into two weeks and yeah. let's do it. Oh, I was just thinking he would he would totally steal a specific kind of car. I forget the name of it, but I know he would. <laughs> There's yeah. no way he wouldn't drive it before. Go on a little joy ride. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds um all right, cool. Yeah, I think that just about covers it uh for this episode. So I was thinking, I feel like we should really do at least one, like, really kind of COVID-related film. Okay. And I, I feel like that film should probably be I Am Legend. <laughs> I've never seen I Am Legend. <laughs> okay. So um, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think we should do the, the Will Smith uh, Fights the Corona Zombies movie. <laughs> I'm putting it as my reminder. All right. Yeah, I think that we should talk about that next. We should talk about just this will be the one, you know, pandemic movie we talk about. <laughs> and yeah, well, since you have seen we gotta it, put it in there. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like you, it's it's basically Will Smith and a dog. Like the dog is very important. Yes, I, I've ha I've heard that. My little sister loves this movie, but she told me that she cries a lot. So like, I don't yeah, remember yeah. the last movie I watched where I cried a whole lot. I've been crying watching Buffy, but that's pretty much it. That's not a movie. Oh, yeah. Well, it was, but... Yeah. Yeah, Buffy's great. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about... This is, you know, the, the peak Will Smith at the height of his powers where it's just him and a dog, and it made, you know, $700 million. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm down. I'll watch yeah. it. All right, cool. Yeah, so that, I think that we'll do that next week uh, or whenever, whenever we're going to next record. Because, um, you know, it is December and, you know, I don't know. Did you ever finish your shopping? Are you still? Yeah. I'm not satisfied. I'm going to try and either go out today after lunch 
or tomorrow, first thing in the morning. <laughs> yeah. so I'm just not satisfied. I, I'm very, I, I'm pretty much done, but it's like stocking stuffers. I overthink when it should just be candy and a toy. Like, honestly, like, I don't know how my parents did this for seven people, including extended family. I don't know how they did this. I really don't. Yeah. Probably just very organized and like, probably keep it simple. That's what I would think. <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Yeah, you, just, once, you have a list and you just like boom, 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 boom. Exactly. I once accidentally found the Christmas gifts. I was not looking. It was totally by accident. Mm -hmm. And I immediately felt caught, even though nobody caught me. And I didn't tell my parents for like 10 years that I found them. Yeah. You know what's funny? Uh, one time my mom, she hit something so well that she found it like a year later. Yeah, I swear oh. to God. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a Pokemon card or something. Yeah, it was funny. Oh my god. Go you know, mom. actually I, I, I think it was it was even more than like a year. I think it may have been like four or five years. Wow. I'm not joking. It was that long it had been hidden. Because like at that point I was like not into Pokemon at all. So the last point when I would have been into it was like five years prior. Yeah. Oh so <laughs> wow. My mom was like, Oh, by the way, I, I bought this for you at some point, but I forgot about it. Here you go. Okay. <laughs> A couple of years ago, I had asked yeah. for something very specific and, you know, we're opening gifts and blah, blah, blah. My mom told me like, yeah, don't worry. Like, I'll, I'll get it for you. God bless my mom's heart. She put my sister's name on it. <laughs> <laughs> so my sister opened it and she's like, oh my God, this is so neat and cool. And I was just like, that's mine. That's and my mom was sitting there smiling, completely forgot. It was totally not intentional, but I was like, okay. That sucks. <laughs> wow, that would be infuriating. <laughs> I was I was annoyed. I didn't stay mad, but like I was I was I was I was a little peep. I was a little peep. But but did did you get the thing or was it eventually? What happened with that? <laughs> what? It's a it's a whole thing. Um. What? Wait. So you're telling me that she purposely gave it to your sister? Oh, no, you? no, it, it was no, it was totally an accident. My mom is not a vindictive okay. person. Um, well, yeah, but yeah, but I, I told but her. that was for you, right? Yeah, I later I I took her side okay. like later on in the day. Your sister? Like, yeah. No, my mom. Oh, what? Oh my god! And I was like, Mom, you remember the thing I asked for? And she was like, Yeah. And I was like, And she's like, Oh no! She's like, I was just wrapping presents and putting tags on things. I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, It's it's okay. But so then so then you both like went to your sister, right? Um. Kind of, I, I, I bought it for myself. Oh, what? I couldn't, I couldn't. She was so happy. Okay, yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, it. that is that is hard when you're like, yoink, that's mine. I, what was I going to do on Christmas Day? Be like, hey, that was actually meant for me. Yeah, I yeah. That, enjoying yeah. It, but I was just, I couldn't do that to my sister. I could. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a only child, so like you know, yeah. I, <laughs> a part I, I of me know. wants to say lucky, but <laughs> I love my siblings. But yeah. I'm also, it's yeah. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely probably the right reaction. I would just be like, no, that's mine. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm like a horrible person, but no, I, I, think, person. I feel like a lot of people probably would have just been like, hey, that was meant for me. But I was just like, this is so uncomfortable. Lily, are you having fun? Yeah. <laughs> That, wow, that is a story. That is a really good one. That's. It's, I mean, it it was bound to happen eventually. They've had a really good track record of not giving people the wrong gifts <laughs> for yeah, a long just wrote time. Wrote the wrong name. Yeah. Oops. Um. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, all right, cool. So yeah, everyone, we'll see you in the future. We're gonna, the next thing we're gonna talk about is I Am Legend, the Will Smith, um, you know, coronavirus turns people into zombies movie. Um, yeah, so it'll be fun to talk about. Uh, yeah, so um, take care, everybody, and uh, may the force be with you. And live long and prosper.